Welcome back to another episode of Well Said Red with Lily and Devin. We're here, ready for you. Ready to go. Um, We're just so excited to be back in your headphones today, but before we get into our super deep, super engaging, super, um, shall we say, button-pushing topic. Major. Major. We have a little check-in question, because, you know, summer's flying by, and we're both having a lot of fun, doing a lot of things, doing all the things, some might say. Um, So, Devin, I just want to know, what is the most fun you've had recently just off the top of your head well <laughs> the most fun that i've had recently was actually last night I'll what happened it. last night well lily what happened last night was um i showed up to a taylor swift dance party in gowanus of all places which if you haven't heard of gowanus it's like a suburb of park slope which is in brooklyn so like truly it's like a suburb of a suburb absolutely very industrial very industrial it's mostly warehouses Mm -hmm. and upon going to this location um you literally just see a line out of a warehouse like there's nothing there's nothing around you but like tractors yeah, I believe we got in line and we didn't actually check what the line was for. No, no, we just saw the line. We were like, <laughs> we this just, must be it. We got in line and I don't know if it was you or one of our other gals but said, is, is, this, the, is this the place? And we all just kind of said, I'm, I mean, what, what else could it be? What else could it be? Other there than are all a bunch these, of like, women. 20 and 30 up. something females who are in the middle of nowhere. In Gowanus, which I feel like Gowanus, we don't have time to dive into the history. We don't. But there's a canal that... You know, back in the mob mafia days, I think they've since moved a little further east, but the Gowanus Canal got a lot of action. Oh, so much action. There was so much going on down there. And now we're dancing to um, Red, (laughs) the Red album. I mean, the disco ball in there, the amount of people that were just ready to scream lyrics of Taylor Swift. I don't think there's a better dance party opportunity than that. No, I mean, we both woke up this morning and like checked in on voices. Yeah. That was mm-hmm. like the first, hey, how you doing? How's your voice? Because the <laughs> amount of screeching and screaming, screeching. and I would argue that out of our group, you and I had um, the yeah. most strenuous vocal activities. Um, <laughs> yes. Just like the, just I, my roommate was also there, woke up this morning and she just looks put together, just chipper, you know, as if she didn't exercise brutally last night. And I'm like. Are you kidding me? My heart and soul is on the dance floor. I mean, I got a side cramp. <laughs> I we was were like, on a table. Uh, we were on like the platforms dancing. There was a whole like riff off party with like the Better Than Revenge song, mm-hmm. which I tried desperately, desperately to be a part of the competition. However, I was not picked. You would have so. been a fantastic candidate. Thank you so much, mm-hmm. Lily. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was truly so much fun. Yeah. But I'll ask the question back to okay. you. Okay. Was that the most fun you've had recently or was waking up more fun? <laughs> Waking up is never more fun. Um, I would say, so I attended last night's dance party. And then last weekend, I attended an ABBA disco of a similar um, ambiance, shall you we say. making things happen. And I think I told my roommate in our Uber on the way back, I was like, two of these like DJ parties, weekends, back to back, I need to chill. Like, I, I, like I'm so extroverted and so Enneagram <laughs> 7. And I mean, you know this. You say, hey, we're going to have this like, you could say, hey, do you want to go on a long walk versus like, do you want to have like a rave? I will be equally excited for both of them. I will show oh, yeah. up. And I feel like I've done this all summer. And this is just such a good example of me being like, like out extroverting myself, being like, yep, I can do all these things. And then just being like, that was so fun. And my body is just like, you have got to stop. So, so fun. And I think the combination of like ABBA, which was di- totally different, Lower East Side, which if you 
know anything about New York nightlife, Lower East Side, boppin'. Like, so hard. I mean, the mule at that club was like $23 for like pretty much what could be considered a well drink. Oof. Ridiculous. Completely ridiculous. Whereas last night's RGNT's 13, which for all of you 13. Midwestern folks sounds like highway robbery and truly is. But compared to the week prior, I was like, Gowanus. Yes. Gowanus, $13 drinks. I mean, that's cheaper than most restaurants Absolutely. that I dine at. And they were pretty potent. Well drinks, they too. Were. They we were. were. <laughs> we were I very mean, pleased. I took, I think, three or four sips of the drink and actually, like, things in my body started happening where I was like, um... Am I being poisoned? I don't know. <laughs> what they were so strong. Absolutely. But those bartenders, I mean, they know. Mm-hmm. They know, hey, they we're do. charging a lot. We're going to get tipped. But these girls oh, are yeah. all here for Taylor Swift. I mean, shout out to the guy because I did literally before Taylor Swift even started. Um, I I knocked Lily's drink out of her hand. Um, so I that's on me um but i did immediately go to the bar and just really really just tried to swoon swoon Woo? Yeah. i don't know one of the two one of the two the bartender that served us before and i was like deeply apologetic i was like please don't make me pay another 13 dollars. but i was like um I, this just dropped on the floor like i'm so sorry blah, blah. he didn't even he didn't even question it he just like started making the drink so shout out to him he is a true one i did tip him nicely so you know what he got the money out of the day it's no skin off his back if one shot of gin goes wayward (laughs) brooklyn bartenders they're just better they know they're better and they all know like it's already ridiculous it's true we're gonna tip you we're gonna have a good time you're also Mm -hmm. bartending a taylor swift dj event yeah you just can't be in a bad mood no it's like only i mean at one point our djs wearing like red cowboy hats oh it's ridiculous they knew exactly what they were doing yeah i think i think we had the first drink spillage during shania twain which just gives you an indication yep that we're kicking off the night strong we're kicking off the night strong that's where the drink went down yeah i mean (laughs) you can't you can't can't help it shania comes on you're like shania this is it (laughs) it was awesome it was great but yeah been a fun fun summer so far i can't believe it's like truly we're almost two-thirds of the way done really crazy but nonetheless, nonetheless. Now, that's our catch-up time that's, that's, our, that's what we've time. been up to <laughs> that's what we've been up to in case anyone was wondering yeah. um but we do have a very pack full episode for you mm-hmm. today um i do think that this one hopefully won't run too long but i do think there's a lot to unpack so we're just gonna get right into it absolutely so this is the episode on harmful cliches yeah and what, what we mean by a harmful cliche is um phrases that people say uh, just off the cuff, generally with really good intentions, right? Things that are, they, I'm assuming they think this as a compliment. And maybe even if you hear it for the first time, might come across as a compliment or like no big deal. Sure. But actually, if you unpack it a little bit, just have like really harmful, you know, underlying messages. Mm-hmm. And so we have three written down. Um, mm-hmm. If you have more that you've heard, please send us a note on Instagram. TikTok. Yep. Can you send notes on TikTok? We're still figuring it out. We don't know TikTok. Send at us all. an email. Honestly, just text us if you know us. Yeah, <laughs> just text us or maybe, yeah, an email, a DM, whatever. Some, a technology that has been around for longer than like three years. Yes, please. please. Um, but we have our like top three. And I think we've, we've heard both of them or have friends who experience these. Oh, yes. Quite often. The first being something that we both have gotten maybe at different <laughs> stages, um, but is the say a sweet old woman at church comes up to you. And she says, ah, sweetie, how are you still single? Mm-hmm. Devin, what's your first reaction to that? In your, in your pre, pre-married days. Oh, gosh. I mean, my first reaction to that is always like, yeah, I, I am. Because 
homegirl can't bring in anyone that actually is like a solid dude. Like, I'm sorry. Like people are like, oh, well, there are solid dudes in church. You just have to, you know, really dig. And I'm like, no, there's not. There's actually not. Like Mm -hmm. what might be a solid dude for me standard wise is definitely not a solid dude for everyone. So you can't just say, hey, there are dudes. There's not. There's not. There's just, and even living in New York City, I can still say to this day, there's a severe lack of dudes. 100%. You know, I was thinking about this the other day, and I know so many phenomenal women. Just women I would go to bat for. Oh, yeah. In New York City, in other Mm -hmm. parts of the states. Like, really, my girlfriends, I think, are the best of the best. And I know some really solid men, but most of them are (laughs) the men that my girlfriends who are in relationships have chosen to be with, which is like. I mean, great. They've chosen well for themselves, but it's not that I'm looking at, oh, I have this big group of single girls that are phenomenal and this big group of single guys that are phenomenal. No, the the men that I know who are, you know, upstanding citizens are engaged, married, or in a serious relationship to one of my phenomenal girlfriends, which I'm like, great. Happy to have you in the fam, bro. But Mm -hmm. not the same. Not Not the same. same. Yeah. I, I really, I think I didn't think too much of that question when I was younger or like in, you know, in, in high school when no one's relationships really mean anything ultimately. Other than, you know, the one person who gets married to their high school sweetheart. We're very happy for you. Congrats. Yeah. You, you made it. <laughs> you did Good it. work. But now I feel like, especially as someone who's like got a pretty even mix of friends who are married, friends who are in serious relationships, and friends who are single. And as you grow older, that ratio starts to uh, shift a little bit more. Just a little. Just, just a little. I'm sitting across from my friend who got married in <laughs> a month ago. Hey. <laughs> um, but it's so interesting because I feel like it is said with really good intentions, whether it is like a sweet old lady at church or just like one of my friends who maybe stayed and is married with a person that they got married to at 19, you know, and that's great, who just like don't quite understand the, you know, the stage of life that I am maybe in. And it's so interesting because like, mm, first of all, how do you respond to that? Like, your guess is as good as mine, you know? Like, right. You can only respond snarkily, I feel like. Oh, yeah. That's, like That's all I got. I'm not going to say, that's a really excellent question. Well, it almost makes me wonder if they're asking it snarkily. Like, right. clearly they don't see you with a guy. Yeah. Like, so, like, what what is your intention walking up to me being like, like, is, is your intention being like, oh, you're so sweet. There's just no way that you're single. Like, uh, how is that supposed to be a compliment to me? Right. At all. It basically insinuates like, oh, there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. because you're single. Absolutely. And I think it does kind of bring it around to like the value and the worth that we put on, like almost like idolizing marriage. Ultimately. Totally. And if you are saying, how are you still single? It is indicating wow you're really great you're subpar that means yeah right like if you're really great obviously you're going to be in a really great relationship yeah and it it ties your worth Mm. to that relationship status which i think i mean we all know phenomenal single people we know that it's just like a complete load of bull oh yeah well what what are we what are we in implying here i could list quite literally 10 incredible single people i know Mm -hmm. right now most of which are women i will preface because again don't know where the guys are but where are the men it's not for a lack of trying to be friends with them i don't know not. like they they just don't come around mm-hmm. i don't know maybe i'm looking the wrong places i don't know but i truly like 10 people at least that are phenomenal humans mm-hmm. phenomenal humans and it's just a little bit confusing because i'm like hey like even if you know like it's not necessarily guys. It's just like, where are the great partners? You totally. know, like, I do think there's a larger conversation of like, 
hey, if you're single, it's not a worth check, you mm-hmm. know, like you are incredibly worthy on your own. And we just, I think, at least for both of us, I can speak to that. We grew up in a culture where marriage was the highest calling Absolutely. you could possibly marriage have and babies. for some reason. Yes, which babies we'll get into later. Mm-hmm. But honestly, it's very funny to me because I'm like, the amount of single people that are in nonprofit organizations that are serving of their own time, like single people have way more time to give. Absolutely. I don't know why we're not capitalizing on that if we're so concerned about, you know, community and bodies of hands helping mm-hmm. out, you know, yeah. like partnership is a lot of work. A lot of work. So by being in a partnership, you're actually lessening the amount of free time somebody has that they want to spend helping out. Yeah. So it's actually a very confusing message. Oh, 100%. Well, I mean, we don't have have time to dive into the male versus female aspect of this as far as like 100. What the comments might, you know, differ in. Um, But even the amount of times like I, my, my poor sweet friend, I think she was really just like projecting maybe an insecurity of hers onto me with this comment, but it's in the same line of, oh, I just know you're going to find someone really great. Mm. And I was just not in the mood for these, you know, that's so sweet to say. Right. And, and I mean, sure. I, I, you know, she probably does like truly hope that for me. Right. And I mean, sure. Who doesn't hope that? But I, I hope that I did kind of go off on her and I said, you know what? That's so sweet to say. And I know you have really good intention, but can you promise me that? And it was the dot, 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 dot. Nope. You can't. And as a woman of faith, I'm like, this is not a biblical promise. No. And and she is also one of faith. So I'm like, we can talk about this, like on that very fundamental level. Yep. I was like, you know what? Especially, I feel like I see this within women of faith a lot. Like that comment, like it's because we all want that. It doesn't mm-hmm. mean we're promised that we can still be like phenomenal and God serving and, you know, like kingdom leaders without this. Totally. So why are we, oh, sweetie, it's going to be okay. How are mm-hmm. you? So like, it's, it's got that same demeaning tone. Like, get out. Get out. We don't, don't need it time anymore. For it. We're out of Yeah. No, I think you're absolutely right. I just think there's such a, there's such an unpacking that you can do of those harmful cliche kind of moments within just church in general. hundred percent. Um, but we don't have time to break down that whole no whole thing. We must move on. We must move on. But that's a little bit of our insight. A little mm-hmm. a little rambly, a little rough and tumble, but we're making mm-hmm. our way. Um, but if you do have some thoughts on it, please share. Please tell us. Please share. All right, Lily, what's the next one? All right, the next one is um any comment that really just revolves around someone's physical appearance. Mm. Largely within weight, I would say we can oh yeah. Categorize. The first that comes to mind is have you lost weight? You look so great. Like, and the fact that those two are often paired together. It honestly gives me shivers. Right. And I know, I'm sure you've heard this, um, either maybe to yourself, maybe to someone else. I think we've all gotten comments on our physical appearance about, I just, I mean, honestly, as a woman, like by the time you hit puberty, you're getting comments about like, yep. I remember coming back from college and the same, you know, kind of like mean girl moms who maybe made fun of what I looked like in high school or like, you know, I wasn't as pretty as their daughter. We're like, Oh, you're sticking bones. And I was, just, and I remember thinking like, there is no winning with these women. Nope. But what are, what are maybe your initial thoughts on that comment? Um, I mean, honestly, like it's just, I mean, gosh, so much to unpack. There are so many ways that we can take comments like that mm-hmm. um even if we're not necessarily in the moment like thinking of them as like harmful i think a lot of us are conditioned for 
these kinds of comments to be something to strive for personally. Um, I do know like I get uh, after moving to New York, actually quite, I got a ton of comments about my weight after going back home. And it was very confusing to me because I was like, okay, thank you for noticing that I walk more. Mm -hmm. Um, but what, like what, like luckily like I'm a person that, you know, I haven't ever been like, wow, I have the best body, you know, I'm not someone who's going to go around and be like, oh yeah, I look hot all the time. Like I never really grew up in that kind of like mentality, Mm -hmm. um, nor did I really try for that. Um, I was much more of just wearing t-shirts and shorts and wasn't really trying to show off any kind of curves at all. Totally. So the fact that that was getting commented on after I like actually started maybe like dressing a little differently or I just honestly stopped eating out so much. Like I wasn't working out to do anything. Like I was literally just getting from point A to point B. Mm -hmm. And so it is really interesting. Like the fact that people notice and equate it to like a weight loss thing. Like it's very just isolating, I think for a lot of people. And oftentimes like you don't know what someone's relationship with their weight is or with yeah food and triggers and I feel like especially being in that like the fitness and nutrition space as well as just like talking to a bunch of girls most of whom have gone through disordered eating or have like hateful eating disorders like no matter what your history is with that mm-hmm. that comment can often be like a okay yes or if you don't get that comment maybe after you've received it from someone on oh no did I like if you have body dysmorphia you immediately think oh no did I gain like 50 pounds I shouldn't know it you know like your mind can spiral so quickly when you think about it after the fact too like oh you've lost weight now okay so like what were you thinking of me before that you just Mm -hmm. didn't say like that also can be kind of like insinuating to some degree like and again like I have very like personal relationships with people who have gone through a lot of disordered eating and a lot of disordered mental Mm -hmm. thought processes and this has been a really tough situation for them like eating is just hard sometimes you know and like I've even had friends comment and just be like hey like and very lovingly which I'm like so grateful for like I think open communication in these kinds of situations are so so key but Mm -hmm. I've even had like friend a friend one time came up to me and was like hey like I know like you don't mean anything by this but when you like comment on what I'm eating like oh that looks good or oh like oh you're eating this or things like that like I don't know why but I I internalize it maybe a little bit more than I should interesting and I'm like oh my gosh like I didn't even realize I did that mostly I was just excited to like chat about something of course you know and so even that can be really like interesting like somebody taking note of what you're eating like even like a roommate situation it's so powerful, like your words, you mm-hmm. know? So it's been something that's very on my mind in general. Just like, you know, look, luckily for me, like my mental state is not in a space where I'm like right. breaking those things down consistently. Mm-hmm. But I do think I am very aware of how I come across to other people in the comments that I make about certain things. Like even if people are posting food pics on Instagram or something like that, like even I'm aware of like, okay, like this might be a really big vulnerable thing for them. You know, like they're putting out there that they're eating a steak. 
that could be huge for them. Totally. We just don't know, you know? And it's like, yeah, to some degree, they're putting it out on the internet. So, like, they are kind of subjecting themselves to whatever comments might come their way. But I do think, like, there is a bit more mindfulness that we can have in this topic of conversation, especially with women or people who identify with women as women. Mm-hmm. Although I do know a lot of men that struggle with this as well. You yeah. know, there's a lot of harmful thinking when it comes to, like, what masculinity looks like or what um, different kinds of, like, machismo kind mm-hmm. of interests are out there um it can be very very impacting yeah absolutely and i think ultimately all of us would be quick to say i say all of us as in i think the people listening to us are probably like you know cut from the same cloth as we are i would wager think so um i would i would hope and i think (laughs) we would all know hey your 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 weight is not what defines you that like that's not where your worth lies totally all these different things but at the same time if that's like the first comment you make when you see someone on oh my gosh did you lose weight you look great or like a mm-hmm. comment about, I think you can make comments about like, hey, I love your dress or, you know, like your hair looks phenomenal. Like, I think you can yeah. make physical appearance comments totally. to a point. Like, again, we're not all out here to just like be like vain about everything. Right. But I think when you immediately go to like body shape and size, yeah. that's when it's like, oh, because I mean, we all, especially with social media, we're all nitpicking ourselves constantly. Even if you're like not triggered by certain things, I totally. think we do all fit into like a comparison game. And yeah, we all overthink this all the time. Mm-hmm. So just maybe like, oh my gosh, hey, how you doing? Like, I saw this thing. Like, don't make that your first comment and probably don't ever comment <laughs> on someone's yeah. like shape, size, weight. You don't yeah. know what they've been through. I mean, if someone has an eating disorder pass, that's probably, you're probably not going to know about that unless you're like a very intimate friend. Right. Or, you know, like maybe, you know, we have the outliers who are maybe turning this into like a social mission and, you know, they're like, passion in life which is phenomenal but in general you won't know you won't especially if you've not known them for very long like you just got to assume like hey this is not what we're gonna bond over today or this isn't the comment they need just keep it to yourself keep it to yourself and find something else honestly consider it a personal challenge i think there's a reframing that we could be doing here too Mm -hmm. where it's just like hey like if your first instinct is a comment on someone's physical appearance out like that isn't like in their clothing or anything like that like just do the quick little mindfulness check of like am i am i complimenting something that like is subject to change you know like i think that there's a lot of mental like changing that we try to do to our bodies to our hair to our face like all different kinds of things like there's a lot of things that we can change in our society for good or for bad Mm -hmm. but um i think too like just taking an awareness step of being like hey like if you're noticing a change in someone, maybe like just ask if it's something that they like. Like, is it a change that they like? Like, yeah. if I straighten my hair that day, you know, is this something that you're liking? Like, do you like this on you? I think even just asking the question and then being like, okay, great, because I think it looks really good. You know, following up with a compliment, I think, can be really, really helpful. Absolutely. Um, or like, oh, like this dress, you know, Lily wore this adorable green polka dot turquoisey kind of dress the other day looked amazing looked amazing on her you might see it in our advertising (laughs) but um just asking like oh my gosh like where did you get that dress can lead into a whole conversation of like it looks so good on you you know like come to find out it's her mom's dress yeah so much more and people are so much more interesting than like their body shape and size right and totally like you you just start somewhere else just try just try again i guarantee you will have so much more interesting conversations with people in your life if you like you don't even need to broach the topic. It's true. Speaking of topics that should not be broached, our nice little transition to our third um, 
Dev, I think you'll have more to speak on this. And I have some friends going through similar things that we might, uh, we'll fill the gaps if go. anything. But a question that I see young couples um, who maybe have recently gotten married or honestly people getting this like before they even like officially tie the knot is generally again from like more of like maybe the parents generation the older generations um when are you gonna have kids so what do you think about kids what are you gonna do about kids are you pregnant yet? are you trying to have kids when are you gonna have kids babies 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 babies, babies. grandkids 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 i feel like it's it's constant it is so that's one who got married uh what two months ago what is your experience with that um, well, I will say this. Luckily, I am in a situation where I'm the last to get married in my family. Um, which if you would ask me like years ago, I would have been probably like, um, I'm the oldest child and the last to get married. That seems weird. Seems a little different. Um, and so that's been a whole other journey. But I will say I am very grateful for my siblings for them getting married first, honestly. Um, because one, they've been incredible resources. Um, just in as marriage people that like to do that marriage thing. Um, but two, they have luckily blessed my parents with grandkids before me, which is really, really great. Um, and I have a wonderful nephew. I'm going to have a wonderful niece soon. Um, but all this to say, I have been pretty vocal, I think, over the last several years about being a little iffy on kids in general. Mm -hmm. um, not because I don't love kids, because I do. Um, I just think there are a lot of other things that go along with kids that I'm not so sure about. Yeah. Um, so that being said, it is really interesting getting the like comment – and mostly it's around like peers now. I think that I get it more just because my family is wonderful and great, but you know, they're, they're family. So they're going to be the most prying, I think, of mm -hmm. most people. Um, so mostly now, if since being married, I get the comment of like, oh, well, when you have kids, you know, this will be this. Like it's kind of an assumed situation. Mm -hmm. And I've noticed myself several times being like unsure of what to say in that moment. You know, you're like, okay, well – that's actually a pretty private conversation um, that Isaac and I would have at some point, you know, mm -hmm. have talked about at length. And so to kind of assume that we're just going to like kind of go that way feels a little invasive. Um, not and again, nobody means anything by it. Of you know, we've not. all been a part of this. So nobody's nobody's at fault here. Um, I'm like, I can't even think of like particulars about this. Mm -hmm. But I do think there is a very interesting kind of mindset that's that people have just like kind of accepted when you get married, you have kids and uh, it can honestly be pretty harmful, especially for people who do really want kids and are maybe having a hard time with it or maybe mm -hmm. thought they'd have kids like eight years ago and they've maybe just now gotten married and that's been even just a hard struggle situation, you know, or maybe they aren't married and they really want kids and they're going through that, you know, like there are so many different ways to approach the topic of kids. And I think that we've become quite cavalier about how we do it just because it's kind of the fifties mantra, I feel mm -hmm. like of like, Oh yeah, well kids, you know, the family and kids, you know, that's just how it is. And there's such a stigma surrounding if you don't, you know? Right. Well, and I think, I mean, what you said earlier about, I love kids, but that doesn't mean you uh, just loving kids does not automatically mean that you right. need to be a biological parent. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think oftentimes that's a nuance that society has not quite gotten the grasp of. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's just so interesting to see that, yeah, that automatic assumption of like, oh, well, you will get married and you will have kids. Right. I mean, that even ties into her first, like, oh, well, mm -hmm. when you get married, when I'm like, oh, shouldn't it be an if? You know, like, shouldn't we just 
give people a little grace to not mean like if you say when it means if you don't do it you failed in some way right and is that what we want to portray like probably not I can think of so many couples who I mean we we all know I've been in a lot of weddings you've been in a lot of weddings all we do is we go to weddings we go to weddings um and hearing their experiences particularly in the first year of marriage because I think they're surprised by it because they really did truly just tie the knot Um, and I think that's where they're like, oh my gosh, I knew this was a question we would probably get. I didn't expect it when we returned from our honeymoon. Mm -hmm. Um, and just seeing from, you know, some of the time it's their parents who are like, Hey, I really want a grandkid. I really want a grandkid, whether they already have grandkids or not, or, you know, strangers or just friends. Oh, like, oh, so when is the baby coming? Um, and one of my good friends made an interesting point because someone really close to her is really just like harping on them about this. And she was talking to me and she said, you know what? Like, they don't know. Maybe we miscarried. We didn't obviously like, and we're not going to ever like, you know, like that's not to discredit. She's like, but how many people have I thought, Oh, I wonder if they're trying to have kids. And I mean, you don't know if someone miscarries unless you're very, like very close Close, to them. And she's found out years later, Oh, you actually like, I'm so sorry you miscarried. I didn't even know. What if I had said something in that time and that would have just like opened a wound that was already totally. so like deep? I thought that's really good to good to note. I mean, totally. as anyone, because we're all curious, we're all nosy, we all love a newborn, right? Oh, like yeah. there's no ill intent in that, but especially knowing how many women and I mean like male infertility also a thing. Also People are big. going through like trying to conceive a healthy child. Mm-hmm. And it's really complicated. It, it can is. be really hard. There are different avenues. Like, how do we best support a couple? Sometimes it's just by keeping your mouth shut. Yep. You know, like yep. don't make life harder than it needs to be for. Or just asking them where they're at right now. Mm-hmm. You know, not about kids in general, but just about like, hey, how's your guys' relationship right now? Like I think a lot of um, couples in general like could benefit from just being asked about like, hey, what's been something that you guys have been focusing on in your relationship right now? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I think the the goals are so, as we kind of talked about with like marriage being, you know, such a goal or whatever, you know, like the goals feel so skewed in like modern day because like we're combating a lot of like, you know, we've got feminism, we've got, you know, a lot of stuff happening in reproductive health. Like Mm -hmm. there are a lot of opportunities for us to have control over certain things, but there's still so much that we don't have control over. Mm -hmm. So it's even interesting to me when you just have like, you know, how do we support people's relationships in general? You know, like not, not even, not just marriage, you know, like how do we support people's relationships with each other? How do we support people's relationships with their bodies? You know, Mm -hmm. I do think that there are opportunities, um, within that to just be like, Hey, like we're, we're going to work on being a little more aware, yeah, aware of relationships, trying to glean from different kinds of relationships. Uh, I think that's just going to benefit society as a whole. Absolutely. And I think, I mean, even talking to my friends who, you know, are entering this brand new stage of life. And I think getting to know my friends' spouses and like having just like, Hey, you are an individual as well. You're not just like, like Isaac is not just Devin's husband. Exactly. He is Devin's husband. Yes. But Isaac is also an individual with like career goals and things going on and yeah. interest. And you know, like we can still like have a friendship mm-hmm. like that. And like, Hey, I see you as an individual. I respect you as an individual. Yes. And I think like, that's really important on like both sides, whether like you're a guy, like getting to know your bros, like, wives cool like if you're a girl trying to get to know your friend's husbands great like getting to know the couple as like a true couple as two individuals and then like their relationship and that's so great and intimate and nuanced in so many ways Mm -hmm. and say what are your what are your guys's goals for the year like as a couple like 
You know, like yeah. all there's so many things going on. People want to travel or buy real estate yeah. or save a certain amount of money or pay off student loans, you know, like so much. Or go try a new restaurant. Like there are so many levels of things people want totally. to do. Um, some of which are gonna be like as deep as having children, or like, hey, maybe we're gonna maybe we're gonna move to this new neighborhood. Like it I think just like respecting where they're at and like where their heads at is a really good place to start. It does not need to like dive into childbirth because <laughs> totally that is agree. a cannonball in the deep end it really is i couldn't have said it better and truly like to your point i do think it's really beautiful because like one of my favorite things that i can't even remember who said it first but when it comes to like relationships like mm-hmm. we have this mentality of like one plus one equals one right when actually it's one plus one equals two mm-hmm. and so there are two of you there will always be two of you you know so it yeah. really creates kind of a i think just a better understanding of like Hey, we are in this together, but we are also individuals who can do our own thing, have our own relationships, understand others' desires, you know? Absolutely. So anyways, yeah. I mean, anything else on that? I don't think I, I think we summed it up. I think we did. We hit three. I'm sure we'll do more at some point. I'm sure there's more. I'm sure there's a lot of nuance that we're yeah. missing, but just like mind your own business just and love your people your well. Business. That's it. Love people well. Just, just. Do the extra step and just think a little, yeah. just a little bit, just not, a, little not bit. a lot, just a little, you know, yeah. it'll just help you. It'll help each other. You'll have grow. better relationships because of it. 100%. Yeah. Well, if we have, if you have anything that we missed or, you know, Sweet. maybe a question that's really been grinding your gears, send us a note. Send us a note. But until then, we'll uh, talk to you soon. We accept all kind feedback. <laughs> <laughs> kind feedback and kind feedback only. Only. Thank you so much. <laughs> Bye guys. Bye Lily.